This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is C.J. Nichols, who during her near-death experience encountered and interacted with her dog from the other side. And today we're going to learn about it. C.J., thank you for joining me and welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. C.J., can we start on the day that it happened and go from there? Sure. I'm I'm not exactly certain of the date because I had had a stroke June 2nd, 2020. And I was in the hospital for 16 days, and I think it was the sixth day that I was in there after my stroke. And um, it was it was at night time in Grady Hospital in Atlanta. All right. So why did you have the stroke in the first place? Um, well, it's important to take your blood pressure medicine and your other medications. And I had been neglectful because, like I said, I was 42 at the time you know, busy, um, medicine's expensive. I had just neglected my health and apparently I have a a vessel narrowing in my brain that, um, and apparently a piece of plaque from the cholesterol buildup had broke off and went through the vessel and caused three different strokes in my brain on the Hmm. right side. So you had the stroke, you ended up at the hospital and you were there for 16 days, but when did you have the NDE? I think it was, I was, I had been in, in the hospital for about six days and they had done what's called a lumbar puncture to see if I had MS, which I don't, but they had, um, they had done this procedure and, um, like I said, it was a knot and I had, um, it was just a really hard time. I was in the intensive care part of Grady for the brain brain damage or whatever for the brain unit where they study your brain and strokes and all this other stuff and um so I was the only one in the room and the room is a real small and um I wasn't asleep I was I knew I was awake but um I had just kind of like resigned that well if I died in there I died you know um at least I was in there and it was like, well, at least somebody will find me. And, um, I was laying there and there wasn't nothing in the room. It was white. There was my little monitor thing. Um, and the room got dark and I was pretty sure I was dying. And, um, like I said, you know, at nighttime, Grady is a different place than what it is in the daytime. But, um, they're all really good people that down there. And, um, I had saw this like it was like this this vision it came to me and it was like a, a giant tree and there was a figure by this tree it was like a hooded figure it was death is what it was and there was a like a a trench like a ditch in between me and this figure and I thought oh if I can just cross this ditch and get over there on the other side of this giant hole. I'll be fine. I'll be dead. I have no more worries. This will all be over with. You know, 
just go on and be dead. And I was planning on how I was going to get across this hole. And it was like a, an out-of-body type experience. And um, I was going. I knew I was going. And all of a sudden, um, I felt this. It was like a paw, like a paw on my leg. And it was very real and very heavy. And my dog that had passed, we'd had him for 15 years. We'd raised him from a baby. You know, he was the best dog. His name was Roscoe. And my dog was there. You know, I could see him and I could feel him and I could feel him breathing. And like, I could feel his weight on me and he wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let me, you know, cross this ditch or, you know, form my original plan of how I was going to get there. And he just basically held me down and wouldn't let me go. And so I just got tired of fighting with him and said, okay, we're just going to stay right here. And I just ended up kind of petting him and that was it. And I made it through the night with my dog. And my dog had been dead since 2007, August 17th, 2007 was when he left us. And, and every, every, and I've, I've experienced him a couple of other times, like when, when I've been put to sleep and, and it was so real that like I could feel him, I would know he was there. So he didn't just come to me this one particular time. He's come to me in other times too. So you were there and you were petting him. And then did you just eventually wake back up and the room was light or how did you come back? I remember the nurse lady finally come in my room and messed with my bed and the lights weren't out. It was just like, it was like I had been somewhere else, but I was still in my room. But I hadn't been anywhere else, like physically. I had been in that room the whole time, in that bed the whole time. But, and I wasn't on anything to make me hallucinate. I wasn't on any kind of, you know, hallucinates or pain medicine or nothing like that. I was just on like, um, I think like a blood thinner or something like that. I wasn't on anything, you know, that would make me hallucinate anything insane. And, but I mean, it was all very real and it's, it smelled the, the place. It smelled like, um, like earth, I guess you could say like, um, a, a rotting type earth type thing. It wasn't like a religious experience by no means. And, um, it wasn't scary. I wasn't scared of it. And there were, I just knew I had to get to this figure and I could just die and go on and be wherever I needed to be. I mean, there was nothing, you know, terrifying about it, but my dog was very real or he felt real. Do you think this experience is just as real as you and me here talking? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, I do. Um, you know, I, I, I believe in stuff like that. And I, I believe that my dog came back to, you know, save me or prevent me from doing something stupid and crossing over. What experiences did you have when you were put to sleep? I had um, ankle surgery and um, another procedure done. I was put under local anesthesia. And both times, my poor old dog come to save me then, too. Um, and it was very real then, too. It was so real that when I woke up from having my ankle surgery, because I broke my ankle, that I asked the little person that was watching me. They had put somebody watching me because I wouldn't wake up. 
So they had left somebody there to watch me. I don't know what I was doing, but they were watching me. And it was so real that I woke up and asked them, where's my dog? I thought they had done something with my dog. And he had been dead for a while. You know, and I still, it was so real that I demanded, where's my dog? And, um, you know, and I also said um, in my post that brought you to me that um, when my brother passed, my brother passed away in 2011 from um, complications from kidney failure. And um, basically he had, um, he died from pneumonia. He had some serious complications, but um, my dog had been dead prior to my brother dying and I would dream about my brother and my dog would come to see me in dreams with my brother. And it was very real. Like I could feel him breathing on me and I could smell my dog and I could pet him. And it was just, it was just really, really real. So Hmm. I believe that dogs have afterlife too. I do too. And I think that this dog must have been an amazing dog while he was alive. Oh, he was. He was precious. The best dog ever. ever. I've never had another one that, that was as good as him. I don't know if loyalty is the right word. I think it's something stronger than loyalty, but... He's, he's definitely was a good dog. You know, he's he's the kind of dog that I still have his picture out in my living room. The one I sent you, um, I still have his picture in my living room over there on my shelf with my little girl. You know, that that's just... My dog. So what kind of dog did you have? Roscoe was part lab and part Wattwaller. And like I said, we had him for 15 years. He was kind of like the neighborhood dog. He would make his rounds to my grandmother's house. She was my neighbor. And so was my father. He would make his rounds to my dad's house. He watched over the kids, got them on and off the school bus. You know, that picture you see of the dogs watching their kids. That, that was my dog. He was watching the children all the time, thought he was parent of the year. Um, the whole neighborhood knew where he lived and knew that he was that dog down at the, you know, the hill and, and everybody was real sad when he died. Just our friends and our family was just as devastated as we were. And, and my friends and family still talk about my dog, Roscoe. And, um, Roscoe died. Um, he was, he was actually bit by a snake and, he had brought, um, we had a puppy at the time, and he had brought this puppy back to the house that was um, also snake bitten. And we we didn't know that Roscoe had gotten bit. Um, I'm pretty sure he got bit because he brought the puppy home that was bit. And like I said, we're, we're just country people. We live in the country. Our dogs roam around in the country outside and stuff and come in and out. But um, Roscoe went off, and he never did come home. He never did return. Never did come home, and we I knew when the first thunderstorm come that he was gone because he was always home in the thunderstorms, and he just never did come home, and I'm pretty sure if Roscoe wasn't coming home, he wasn't able to do so, but we never did find his body. You know, we hunted and hunted, looked all over the place, and never did find him, and, you know, there, there was no danger in anybody picking him up. He would not get in the car with anybody, and... He just didn't come home. And so we're pretty sure that he passed. And um, But I believe that dogs, like I said, when he felt real, when he felt heavy and, you know, you could feel his fur and feel him breathing on you and stuff. I believe that this is just my theory. Y'all can hate on me if you want to. That the angels come down and got him. And that's why we couldn't find him. 
And that's why he feels real. Like when he comes to me in the dreams and when he comes to me, like when I've had a procedure done or near death or whatever, and he feels real, I believe that's because he feels real because of that, that we didn't find his dead body. So he went body and spirit, if that makes any sense. Makes sense. You know, and I, I believe that's possible. Anything's possible. Yep. And that might be why he feels real. Prior to being put to sleep, have you had any type of experience that may have weakened what some people call the veil between this world and that world? I'm not exactly sure what what you would consider consider that. Um, my mother died when I was eight, and you know I was just little, and that was really like our first experience with death, and. Death's never really affected me like it does everybody else. You know, some people deal with it really, really hard. And I think that the death of my dog and the death of my brother affected me worse than than anything. And um, now I did read tarot cards, and I have I have been known to to kind of guess the right date of death on some people, if that makes any sense. And I did well. I did that before my stroke. I hadn't done it in a while, but. Um, I, I used to scare everybody to death reading tarot cards and guessing the correct day and then somebody would accidentally die on the correct day and everybody would be terrified that you know just terrified so I, I don't know if that kind of weakens the veil or what but my grandmother always said that um, now keep in mind I live up here in the North George Mountains in the Appalachians where folklore and, and stuff like that just runs rampant my grandmother always used to say that certain people can see and smell death and and i believe that people can smell it it's like a an earthy scent and i believe that death watches you before it takes you like you like you you don't know it's there but you do know it's there and you kind of just get like a sense of it. like i said i wasn't afraid of what i saw because i think it had been watching me for a while because I would I would see like a shadow over here on my door and nobody else could see the shadow and everybody thought I was crazy but before I actually had my stroke I could see the shadow and it was like the hooded figure and there was a tall one and a short one and um I do believe that it was watching me because I haven't seen it since I had this experience I know that sounds crazy, but nope. it is what it is. Not to me. You mentioned that you saw death as some type of being that was dark, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a hooded figure, like in a grayish, dark cloak type thing. Um, It wasn't scary. You know, everybody says that like it's the Grim Reaper type thing, but that really wasn't it. It was just like a, more like a shadow type thing. But it wasn't scary. There was, I mean, there wasn't a face. There wasn't any eyes. It wasn't like bones poking out or nothing. It was just like a, more like a spiritual type being, um, kind of like a wispy, um, like a cloaked headed figure. But it wasn't thick and it wasn't thin. It was just there. What do you think its purpose was? I think its purpose was to give me a choice I guess because it, it didn't pursue me you know like I said I thought if I could cross that that divide and get to it 
I could just go on and be dead and not have to worry about it anymore. And I think, I think it was like free will. If you got to it, you know, it would take you on. But if you didn't, then it wasn't going to pursue. So I think it was more or less like a choice type thing. Um, you know, kind of like an old friend just, you know, giving you a choice of, you know, you can do better and straighten up in your life and, and take your medicine and do what you need to do and and take care of your affairs and type thing. Um, I think it was just kind of like a wake-up call. To, more like, you know, I had the choice to cross over or stay put, and I stayed put. And like I said, my dog helped me decide to stay put because I was going. It, I had every intention of crossing that hole, no matter how I had to do it. I was going. That's what I thought in my head anyway. Has the memory of this experience faded over time? No, no. I, I've, I've told a few people about it. And it's just it's just like it was yesterday. And really and truly, I was in the hospital for 16 days. And that's pretty much what I remember. Um, I remember the little nurses were real sweet. And I remember tiny, tiny bits and pieces, but I don't remember anything going on or major or anything they really said about my diagnosis. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what they said about my diagnosis. I had to read all of that when I come home and I'm still not sure what they said, but I remember this episode with my dog and the near death experience, but nothing else really. Do you feel like that experience changed you in any way at the time i thought it did um i wasn't right religiously i guess you could say i was raised in the church cross and i've now keep in mind i'm i'm not you know a fanatic or anything you know no throwing shade on religion or nothing but i haven't always been the best person or done the best things or made the best choices and um I think that, you know, it, it kind of made me better as far as I try to be more patient and considerate and just better all over than what I was. All right. I mean, I did, come, I did come home and get baptized and try to be, you know, more religious. Try to be. Do you fear death at all? No. No, I don't. There's nothing to fear. It's going to happen to all of us one day eventually. And when I get there, I'll get to see my dog. Yep. So, you know, along with my family members and stuff like that has passed, but, you know, I don't fear it now. Have you noticed that you have any new abilities that could be considered psychic since the experience? Not really, no. Um, no more than, than just normal thought process and stuff like that. You know, like I said, I read tarot cards. I haven't done that since I've had my stroke. But, you know, as far as just concentration-wise, I don't concentrate as much as I used to. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not or the stroke. But, no, I don't think I have any magical abilities or nothing. I wish I did, mm. but I don't. Sometimes when people are on the other side, they say time doesn't exist there. Did you notice anything about time when you were there? 
it seemed like I was there a long time. Um, I, can, I, I, I would guess that I was there for a couple hours or longer, but it seemed like a whole like day or whatever, but it wasn't. It, I, it was just like, um, I was there long enough for the nighttime shift to, you know, still be there. So I wasn't there that long, but I thought it was. It felt like forever. Sometimes people will also say they feel this overwhelming amount of love while they're on the other side. Did you feel anything like that? No. No, I didn't. I didn't feel anything other than, okay, I have to get on the other side of this. You know, I have to go to this creature because I can just die and be done. And I wasn't really thinking of my family at that point in time. I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't thinking about being sick. I wasn't thinking about nothing. I just knew I had to get on the other side of that. And then all of a sudden, there's my dog. Hmm. And that, that kind of was like a, oh, there's my dog type moment. You know, I hadn't seen my dog in forever. And, and wait a minute, he's supposed to be dead, but there he is. And I just stayed with my dog. I mean, the whole urge to stay with my dog that I love dearly, you know, when he was on, you know, like on me, I could feel him like his paw. So I wasn't disturbing that, you know, that was, that was a neat feeling. Did you happen to actually have like a telepathic communication with your dog? I knew that he didn't want me to go across that ditch. I knew that in his mind, I wasn't supposed to go across it and he wasn't going to let me. I knew that. And I think that's kind of what I just gave up with. And I was like, okay, we'll just stay here. It's fine. We'll stay right here. So I stayed right there. It was very real. Would you say that this experience is different from a dream? I think so. I think so. Now, like when I dreamed about my dog, it was kind of like astral projection, you know, where you leave your body and go there, wherever you're supposed to go in the projection process. And I don't think this was that type of thing because, like I said, I wasn't asleep when I saw the tree and I saw the figure and all that. I wasn't asleep. Um, because I had started out setting up and somehow or another, I had gotten myself late, you know, my, gotten my bed down and laid down, but I wasn't asleep. It was like a very visual type moment. Hmm. I don't think I wasn't asleep. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, what's I'm, the, sure, I'm sure they'll think I'm crazy, but that's okay. No, not my audience. What's the best way to reach you? I'm on Facebook. Um, you can you can post my Facebook link if you want to. Um, that's pretty much all the social media I do. I don't really, you know, prowl around the internet. I'm not on Instagram or none of that. I'm just just a little me on corner Facebook. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Well, I believe in the afterlife, and I believe in near-death experiences, and I believe that dogs go to heaven. A lot of people don't, but I do. I believe that dogs have a soul, and they go to heaven. That's a great I message. May, I may get some really bad feedback on that one, because you know, a lot of people don't believe that. But but I, I believe if something loves you enough, it'll go to heaven. Well, I have an amazing audience, and they 
love near-death experience stories, so I have a feeling that 99% of my audience is going to agree with you. I hope so. I might think so. Well, CJ, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been nice talking to you. I'm glad I could share my story with you. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.